Welcome to the Herbs with Rosalie podcast, a show exploring how herbs heal as medicine, as food, and through nature connection. I'm your host, Rosalie de la Forêt. I'm an herbalist teacher and the best-selling author of the books Alchemy of Herbs and Wild Remedies. I created this podcast to share trusted herbal wisdom so that you can get the best results when relying on herbs for your health. I love offering up practical knowledge to help you dive deeper into the world of medicinal plants and seasonal living. My goal is that you'll walk away from each episode feeling inspired to start working with herbs in your everyday life. Each episode of the podcast is available on my Herbs with Rosalie YouTube channel, as well as your favorite podcast app. Transcripts and recipes for each episode can be found at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. To get the latest news as well as fun bonuses, be sure to sign up for my weekly herbal newsletter. Okay, grab your cup of tea. Let's dive in. I'm thrilled to finally have Emily Hahn, who's my good friend and fellow collaborator, on the show. Many of you already know that she and I wrote our book, Wild Remedies, together, and that we also co-teach a 10-month online course, Rooted Medicine Circle. For those of you who don't know, Emily Hahn is a naturalist, herbalist, and educator helping people cultivate their connection with the earth. Based in Tongva land, Altadena, California, her work focuses on intersections of ecology, culture, food, and plant medicine. She is the author of Wild Drinks and Cocktails, Wild Remedies, and the forthcoming Mushroom Hunting. Welcome to the show, Emily. Thank you for having me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. It's kind of just funny to have you here too, because you and I work together so closely. Um, Of course, we have on our book, we worked very closely on Wild Remedies together, and then we continue to work closely on Rooted Medicine Circle together, which we'll talk about later. But First, I'd love to start with hearing about all that brought you to this plant path that brings us together today. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Well, I definitely, I grew up with a lot of plants and herbs in my life, you know, from my parents and and grandmother, family members. My parents practiced traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture. And so, you know, we, we pretty much used herbal remedies for you know, for most things, whether it was Chinese medicine or also like Western herbs that my mom had learned about and things. So, you know, if we had a sore throat or, you know, a rash or something like that, you know, herbal medicine was just part of my family. So I think there was always a foundation there, but it wasn't necessarily, you know, something that I thought about like consciously or actively, you know, and right. It was just normal. Yeah. Right. And it wasn't just like, medicinal, you know, either it was like, it was that concept of like food is medicine and, you know, the herbs being integrated, you know, into our, our food, you know, just growing up. But I think coming to it, herbal medicine more, I don't know, in a more conscious way or something, it came much later when I, I had moved to Southern California in my early twenties. And my husband, Gregory, who grew up here, had, he had grown up spending a lot of time outdoors and, uh, you know, hiking and, and, you know, spending a lot of time outside. And so his way of kind of, when I moved to California, introducing me to, you know, my new home and, and his home was that we would go hiking all the time. And so as I did that and really getting to know the plants around me and the animals and the, you know, the ecologies and things that just as I learned more and more and more. And as a, a food writer, you know, I started kind of integrating a lot of the, you know, the local plants, you know, into my food and recipes. And then that just sort of, you know, one thing led to another and started, you know, integrating those, you know, as 
herbal medicine too. So it was kind of a, a way of just continuing to you know, deepen my relationship with the plants around me, the earth, and just another way, I guess, to, to participate, you know, in those relationships b- between animals and, and plants and microbes and rocks. And, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, getting to, to, to be an herbalist was just kind of another, another way to, to participate in, in that, those cycles and those relationships. Hmm. I love, of course, that you're mentioning all the microbes and insects and bees, because <laughs> you don't mind me sharing this story about the first time you and I went on a ho- hike. <laughs> so normally when I go on a hike with people, I'm like, okay, I'm a plant person. So like, I'm more interested in like going slow and checking things out. And, and like, I just have to warn people about that. Going on a hike with you for the first time in my entire life, I found somebody who was more detail oriented and slow uh, (laughs) on the hike than I was. Like I've never seen that in my life, which there's that joke. Maybe you even told me this joke. The, how do you find a naturalist? Oh, right. Yeah. (laughs) Five feet from their car. Yeah. (laughs) There's probably more to that. Like how to find a naturalist on a hike five feet from their car. So you really taught me that. And I also really want to just credit how much you have brought insects and Mm. other beings into my life because it's, I really did have eyes for the plants before Mm -hmm. you. Of course, you know, I saw insects and stuff, but I never became as fascinated and interested in learning about all of the beings that I could see out there. So I really credit you with that because it's been a pretty, I don't know, life enriching experience to open my eyes a little bit wider (laughs) there. Well, yeah, I'm so glad and, and, and glad that, you know, because I definitely drive people crazy, you know, on, on hikes or more like five foot walks, you know, because they're just, you just get so, you know, engrossed in the wonder of so, you know, just all the, the intricacies of, of the life, you know, around us. And yeah, to me, it's like knowing plants is, it's not just the plants, like you said, it's like getting to know plants is also getting to know insects and getting to know, you know, other animals and, and weather patterns and, you know, geology and, you know, all these other things that I think is just so much, you know, one of the things that's just so fun about spending time with plants is that you just, there's, you know, so many wonders around us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say my, that first hike with you is just fascinating to me because I just never found a creature quite like you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're also one of my very f- favorite people to hike with because of that. <laughs> I think before we go on, I think it would be fun maybe to share about how we met. Yeah, right. We have been working together and friends now for a decade, I realized. Wow, has it really been that long? That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2023 marks the decade mark. Wow, that's really cool. And our, so how I remember it is that you basically cold called me. <laughs> You were doing online work and you reached out to me and said, hey, we have this mutual friend and I do like this type of work. And I'm just wondering if you know of anybody who might need that. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, actually, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and so we started working together. Oh, but no, that's not it, though, is it? That's not quite the beginning. That was sort of fate step two, I guess. <laughs> that was step two. I jumped ahead. Maybe yeah. you could share step one. Yeah, well, step one yeah, I, I started following you on Facebook, I guess, because of our mutual friend. And, you know, so I kind of, and I don't know if we really interacted very much on, on Facebook or not, but, you know, I had been following you and, and your work. And then you had posted that you were looking for help with a graphic. <laughs> so I don't know if you want to talk more about, about yeah, that. Yeah, it was, so it was the Taste of Herbs wheel. I had like basically sketched out this like pencil drawing 
I don't know, it was very <laughs> rudimentary like sketch and I needed it into a digital graphic. So I just posted that, like who can do this? Cause it was fairly complex. It was not like, we didn't have Canva back then but you couldn't even do it in Canva today. Like mm -hmm. it was fairly complex. So I just posted <laughs> and you answered. And so yeah, I was like, sure, you know, I can help with that. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that was that was really fun to kind of be there at the beginnings of of you developing that you know that taste of herbs wheel. But yeah, so we we did that together, and then and then yeah, and then I reached out again. And was like, oh, did, well, yeah. you know, yeah. if, you know, if you need anything else, or you know anybody you know who does, and kind of went from there. Yeah, it's kind of funny just to think back into all that came from that, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, from, from the beginning there. So then we worked together on those projects and then we worked together at learning herbs for a while and then there was that summer i just published alchemy of herbs mm -hmm. and i swore i would never write a book again and then i met with tori amos this is a very important part of the story <laughs> and i met with tori amos she inspired me to write another book which it just hit me i remember i was in my kitchen and it just hit me just like this it was like this is the book you'll write and then two seconds later, and you'll write it with Emily. <laughs> and like, it was just bam, bam, like that. And because it wasn't like out of the blue, we'd had so many conversations. Yeah, we had a lot of conversations. Stuff mm -hmm. and stuff. So, so I, I remember I called you in my like over the top excited way. And I was like, and this is going to be the book and it's going to be about foraging, but really about nature connection. And, and, all, and I was just like, la, 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 la. And, and you were like, oh, that sounds great. Like, That's I was really like, good. Good, because <laughs> I want to write it with you. And you were like, yeah, I didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Let me think about that. <laughs> wow, I had written you know, my first book, Wild Drinks and Cocktails. And after that, I was like, I'm never writing another book again. You know, that was so intense. So, <laughs> so I had not planned to, to do it again until you. Yeah, I did kind of like, you know, hit you on the side there. Just like and this and this and this. And then we're going to do it together. But I knew, I knew we were going to do it together. Yeah, um, I couldn't. I mean, I was like, okay, I need to think about it. But there wasn't really much to think about, you know. Yeah, it didn't take you long. To do it. <laughs> so. You know, and then writing that book together was just a dream. I feel like my first book, Alchemy, I was so inexperienced. I'm so proud of the book and the way it turned out. But it was hard. Mm -hmm. Wild Remedies was not hard that it just yeah, well, we were just like other sentences you know like and, and thoughts and it, yeah it was anytime like you I thought of something you know you'd been thinking about the same thing that morning or you know it was yeah we were just like so like in sync with that it was it was pretty cool over and over and over yeah it was kind of unreal yeah <laughs> yeah and we we rented this place it was out on the coast of Washington mm -hmm. and we had studied with Victoria LeBalm on mm -hmm. um kind of I don't even know how to explain her work, but it was kind of like on presentation and organizing stuff. Mm -hmm. And we filled out almost 1,000 flat index cards of organizing the, yeah. the whole book. And anyway, we did not have to go into all the particulars there, but it was a very mm -hmm. just wonderful experience to write Wild Remedies with you. And then mm -hmm. after that was out into the world, which came out in kind of this tumultuous time, spring of 2020. Yeah. You know, this is definitely like our, I'll just speak for you. This is like our life's work. We're so proud of it. And so we said, what next? And so we surveyed people who love the book and found out that people really wanted to explore nature connection and medicine making more. And so we created Rooted Medicine Circle together. Yeah, that, it, that was neat because it, you know, we, like you said, we weren't, we didn't necessarily know what the next step was, but it was mm -hmm. like that came kind of grew out of, you know, what, what people were asking for. So 
so yeah, it was it was really neat to be able to then put that together, you know, to to answer I think some of the, the needs of what people were looking for, and then also you know integrating mm -hmm. things that you know were so important to to both of us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we then we basically wrote this whole other book for that course, but that is another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am so excited that you wanted to talk about citrus because I eat citrus very seasonally, and so it's this time of year that I mandarins I love. So like I'm eating mandarins especially right now. Like July, yeah, it doesn't really like in the middle of citrus season. So, yeah, yeah. This is the middle of citrus season. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm so excited to hear what you have to share about citrus, especially also because people think of this as a food, which obviously yeah. it is, but there's so many gifts beyond food. So excited to hear what you have to share, Emily. Yeah, no, yeah, I think it is neat because when people think of herbs, you know, oftentimes I don't think citrus is really like the first, you know, plant that comes to mind. But like you said, it has, does have so many gifts. And, you know, I, I'm just so in love with citrus, I think from so many, you know, so many different angles. And I love that it's a plant that it kind of, it brings together by like my own roots as well as like where I live now. And so like, you know, I'd mentioned, you know, growing up with like food as medicine and, and my parents, you know, using herbs and and healing foods. And, you know, some of my earliest memories are my dad drying citrus peels, mandarin orange peels he would use in like Chinese medicine and cooking. And so just like, you know, he, we would, we would eat the mandarins and then, you know, he'd save the peels and have them laid out just to, to air dry. We lived in, in uh, Texas. So, you know, it was, <laughs> you tend to be warm in the winter and things get dry pretty quickly, but so yeah, we would have like, you know, citrus peels drying for him to use. We would have like jars of salt preserved limes to make Vietnamese gun. It's like, it's the salt preserved limes or lemons, and then mix that with like some sugar and some like water or soda water, make like a, you know, limeade type drink. It's like salty and refreshing. And so we always had that. We would have my grandmother's altar for the ancestors would always have, you know, piled up, you know, citrus fruits on it, you know, mandarins, oranges, Lunar New Year was always really important, you know, being Chinese and Vietnamese. And you know, so citrus was always an important part of that, you know, we'd have like, there'd be kumquat trees or, or you know, big pomelos that they're like a like type of great, you know, similar to a grapefruit, like the biggest citrus fruit, you know, all these like citrus to bring, you know, good fortune. And so yeah, so I just I grew up and I think surrounded by a lot of citrus. And then, like I mentioned, you know, moving to California later, where, you know, citrus is widely cultivated. And so you know, there would be citrus in people's yards, you know, we always have like friends like bringing, you know, bags full of like lemons and, you know, Meyer lemons and find ways to to work with all of those going to the farmer's market, you know, I was always just so, so completely dazzled by, you know, all the different citrus fruits. For a while, several years, we lived in a house that had a, a lemon, grapefruit and orange trees. Fortunately, don't don't have those trees in my yard anymore, but I do still grow like small citrus in pots, like kumquats, yuzu, Thai lime. So, so I'm fortunate to live somewhere, you know, where, where the, the, you know, citrus can flourish. But I know, you know, it is possible for a lot of people to grow citrus, you know, in like a dwarf citrus, you know, in a pot and even bring it in during the winter, you know, live somewhere where it can, can thrive year round. So yeah, just, there's so many, it's just kind of being surrounded by citrus and then finding so many different fun ways to bring citrus into food and medicine. You know, we think about the fruit, of course, you know, there's that wonderful, but the peel being really one of my favorite parts of the citrus, even the leaves and the seeds being used for certain things. I would use the seeds a lot to extract pectin to make like jams and jellies and then the flowers. So, you know, the blossoms are so incredible. You know, when you 
are, are lucky enough to, you know, to live, uh, you know, near a citrus tree and that those citrus flowers are just so magical and intoxicating, you know, when they're in bloom. And then to see all of the birds and ants and insects and, you know, also, you know, loving those, the citrus nectar and pollen. And yeah, that's a very exciting time. So integrated flowers into things that I did too. So yeah, it's just, there's, yeah, and I talk, you know, talking about citrus, there's so many different kinds. A lot of times in, in herbal medicine, we talk about like bitter orange because it has that bitter peel that can be used, um, you know, particularly like for digestion or like resolving phlegm and things like that. But, you know, lots of citrus have, have bitter peels. So, you know, you could use, you know, regular oranges, mandarins, grapefruits, pomelos, <laughs> you know, there's so many different ones that you can play with too. Yeah, and that's such a, I feel like in Western herbalism, maybe not as generally known unless you start studying deeper, but in Chinese medicine, the pill, the peels are a very big deal. That's mm -hmm. like one of the most popular medicines. When you're working with peels, do you like them as tea? Do you, like, what are, what are some ways you like working with the peels specifically? Yeah, probably like used dried or fresh in, to make teas, like you mentioned, you know, and, and depending, you know, on the particular fruit that you use, you know, it'll have bitterness, but oftentimes, you know, also could be very, very fragrant and just be a wonderful, like after dinner type tea to help with digestion. Use the peels when making bitters, like an alcohol, you know, extract. And, you know, so the peel will add that bitter component and, and citrus flavor to bitters. A grapefruit peel bitters is one of my favorites to make. Mm -hmm. So that's a fun way. What else? Oh, drying the peels and then grinding them up into a powder is also a really great way to, you know, you can then use that powder in your herbal remedies, like mixing it with like honey or, you know, making pastille and things. But it's also just really fun to like, you know, sprinkle on your food, you know, like on your, you know, oatmeal or, you know, or congee or something like that. You've got like a little sprinkles of, of orange peel or citrus peel powder. So yeah, those are some, some fun ways to use the peels, the blossoms. I love, again, just steeping those in hot water and just having a very like light, fragrant tea, steeping it for a very short period. If you steep it longer, it does get more bitter, which, you know, sometimes has its benefits too. That's nice. Also making hydrosols with the citrus flowers, you know, an aromatic distilled water Then you can use in food and cooking and drinks as well as just, you know, it's like wonderful just to like spritz, you know, on your face. It's nice and refreshing. So yeah, there's, there's so many different fun ways to to work with the citrus, you know, beyond just eating the fruit. I, my only memory of ever being around fresh citrus flowers is in your backyard. Really? Oh, I'm glad I have that memory of, yeah. of the place that they are incredibly heady, aromatic, just mm -hmm. fragrance is such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so I, I miss, you know, being having like mature, you know, citrus trees around me for that. But I have a, like a little kumquat, just a little, a little mm -hmm. kumquat tree in a pot. And I you know, moved it to our, our new house and then it flowered shortly after that. And even just that little, you know, little tree in a pot, like just had the most wonderful fragrance. So yeah, that was really special too. How fun. Yeah, I actually have a friend who lives where I live, which is zone four, which is quite mm -hmm. a ways north. And they have her and her husband have a lemon tree, which they do when you said they bring it out and uh -huh. then they have, a, they have a greenhouse attached to their house. And so they oh, cool. have it in there. So it's, it's possible uh, yeah. to grow <laughs> in many different places. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about your citrus honey tea. Will you share more about that? 
Yeah, I thought I would share a recipe for citrus honey tea. So my husband is Korean American. And so like Korean food and medicine is also, you know, very dear to my heart. And Korean culture, there's something called yuja cha, yuja, yuja tea that's made with the yuja fruit. It's also known as yuzu in, in Japanese. It's kind of, if you're not familiar with it, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like a citron, you know, it has, it's more peel and rind than pulp inside. And it has just... And just like amazing perfume, you know, to it, in addition to kind of its bittersweet flavor. So traditionally in Korea, they would use that peel mixed with honey and or sugar to make kind of like a marmalade, you know, type mixture and preserve the fruit. And then you can then take like a spoonful or two of that, you know, sort of marmalade um, citrus sweet mixture, and then mix that with with water, hot water, and make a tea, which could be used to help with like sore throats, coughs, digestion, you know, some of the things that we've already been talking about. So my recipe is, you know, kind of inspired by that. Oh, I should mention my, I mean, it's used medicinally. My husband also, he just uses it to make like with fizzy water and he, he drinks it as a soda. But, you know, yuzu fruit, yuja fruit can be harder to come by for a lot of people. So another friend of mine, he's a chef, Jason Park. He was making it with minor lemon. And so that was a really wonderful fruit that you go to citrus that you can use in it. But you could really make this with, you can make it with regular lemons, with mandarin oranges. I've made it with pomelo peel and that was really good. So whatever, you know, citrus you have accessible to you and that you, you know, are, are interested in playing with, you can, you can try. Basically it's, you know, it's pretty simple. You know, some of the herbal remedies that I make, I tend to be much more precise, you know, in, in measurements and ratios. This is more of a folk, you know, method, pretty much just filling a jar with the citrus and honey. I love, uh, I have actually, I don't know if you can tell, I have one here. And like, so this is just like a wheel, you know, of a lemon. Mm -hmm. So I just cut it round. And I love doing that because the wheel is just so pretty and sunny and just in, in the cup, you know, I feel like it's just so uplifting to see it. But you could also, you know, cut it into like thinner slices or something. And basically just like put some of that in the jar, cover it with some honey and then alternate layers of, you know, the, the cut citrus and the honey. And then, you know, make sure it's well covered with the honey because that helps to preserve it. And then put that in the refrigerator and I give it like at least a week before um, using it, but it can, can keep for months and it's great. You know, you can taste it over time too and see, you know, that the flavor will will develop and, you know, become stronger over time. But then when you want to use it, you know, you just take a, a spoonful or two of it, you know, put it in a in a glass, you know, a little bit of the honey, a little bit of the, the citrus pieces, add some hot water and you have a wonderful, you know, wonderful tea. I love drinking it. Well, all times really great after dinner because it, you know, it help with that kind of digestion. But I also love it just in the morning. If I have a sore throat, you know, or feel kind of a little something. It, the citrus is like, I don't know, it's like, it's both like uplifting and refreshing, but it's also just also tastes really comforting. And depending on the citrus you use, you know, it can be more or less bitter in the amount you use in your cup, you know, more or less sweet. But yeah, to, to me, just that, that, that combination of the bitter and sweet is really nice. Mm, it sounds lovely. And like you said, something that can be a hot beverage or it can be mm -hmm. something to add to fizzy water. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, I usually drink it with the hot water, but my husband, he, make, he makes a, you know, a cold soda, which is his preference. So, you know, it can be, you know, it doesn't have to just be used medicinally too. It can just be, you know, just an enjoyable drink. And because you're a BTS fan and the way I'm a Tori Amos fan, it seems mm -hmm. like a great idea to listen to BTS while you're making this. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know you are. Well, is there anything else you'd like to share about citrus? 
Let's see. Well, you know, I think, it, you know, if, if you're fortunate to have, you know, a citrus tree in your life, friend who maybe has a, you know, citrus tree, spend some time, you know, with them. But if not, you know, fortunately, it, it at least see, you know, during certain seasons, winter time, it can be very accessible, you know, you, you could find it at the market, you do want to make sure, you know, when you're using the citrus rinds to not use fruit that's been sprayed with pesticides, or even some some grocery store citrus can even have like dyes or waxes and things like that on it. So you just, you know, know where your citrus is coming from and, and how it's grown, particularly if you're using the peel, you know, you want to be really mindful of that. Yeah, think about that. And hope the people enjoy the the tea and have fun with it. Yeah, thank you again so much for sharing the citrus honey tea with us. And for the listeners, if you'd like to download your free recipe handout with a beautifully illustrated version of this recipe, then you can visit the show notes at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. Well, Emily, what projects are you working on right now? Well, as you know, right this minute, <laughs> right right now, we have our Rooted Medicine Circle mini class going on. So that's definitely really exciting to be able to to, to share, you know, with, with everyone out there. We have a couple different, some different components of our mini class. I don't know if you want to share more about that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's share about that. First of all, it's a free, this mini class is a free thing that everybody is welcome to join. It's only happening right now. So starting from January 17th for one week only. So if you're listening to this or watching this now, it's definitely you want to check it out soon. And the first thing we have available is our webinar on how to avoid common pitfalls. And with the hopes, of course, that you get to avoid them and avoid the mistakes. And we put together seven pitfalls that we see herbalists make all the time and things that we have made the mistake of doing as well, <laughs> with the hope of pointing these out so you don't have to fall into those, I want to say mistakes, of course, everything's a learning experience. Yeah. So we have that webinar immediately available. And then coming up in a few days, we have a live class, which I'll let you share about, Emily. All right. Well, we are going to have a live class on making teas. And so you get to have both of us teaching in that class. It seems pretty simple, right? Like everyone knows how to make a tea, but really there are so many nuances to making teas, particularly teas, you know, that, that you want to really work, you know, medicinally and that also taste good. So yeah, we're going to be sharing different ways that you can approach, you know, making teas in a way that's going to be really potent and effective. Yeah, that's really a big one because it's, I think it's just easy for people to learn one way to make a tea and then make all their teas like that. Mm. And so this is really big in that there's so many variations, like you said, Emily, depending on the person, the situation, and the herb. And so right. it's good to have a lot of tools in your toolkit, especially like you said, when we want to use this as medicine and not just like, not, I won't say not just as a fun drink, because I love fun drinks. Mm -hmm. But when we're thinking about medicine, we need to be more specific. So we'll be teaching the tea class live on Saturday, and it'll be fun for you to join that with us live because you can answer or ask questions. You can make tea with us if you'd like. And if you miss the live class, we'll have that recording available as part of the Rooted Medicine Circle mini class as well. And then we have lots of other stuff going on, little things here and there. There'll be a community you can interact with. So yeah. it's always fun to get a bunch of plant people and herbal mm -hmm. people together and share. So that'll be part of the fun as well. And for those of you interested in being an herbalist who makes powerful herbal remedies, check out our Rooted Medicine Circle mini course, which is going on now for the next week only. 
Visit herbalminicourse.com to get free access. Again, that's herbalminicourse.com to save your seat. And so that's a big thing that's going on right now. I want to hear about other projects you have going on, Emily. Yeah, let's see. Well, my husband, Gregory Hahn, and I are working on a book. It'll be called Mushroom Hunting. So it, anyone who knows us, you know, like we're kind of the if you go hiking with us, you know, we're often like, you know, we're looking for mushrooms and it's really about the, the joy of observing them and finding them and sense of, of curiosity and, and wonder, you know, even more than like foraging them to eat or anything like that. So, so the book we're writing is with Chronicle Books and it'll be out later this year. And it's, so it's approaching, you know, mushroom hunting from that kind of place of like curiosity, kind of mindful observation. One of the things that, you know, we talk about is like actually not going out and looking for mushrooms, but looking for where mushrooms like to grow, you know, so it's, it's kind of like getting to know, you know, whether you are, you know, in your backyard or, a, you know, a city park or a forest or, you know, all the mushrooms can grow in so many different environments, but like kind of like learning those, you know, cues of, of what mushrooms they like and, you know, where they're likely to grow, what other, you know, plants might, you know, you might look for and, and be in the area and really using your senses to kind of cue in to, you know, to those clues to finding mushrooms. And the thing is, you know, it's, it's wonderful when you do find mushrooms, but even if, you know, even if you didn't by, by practicing, you know, all, all of these things, I think you have a really, you know, fulfilling, wonderful, mindful time, you know, out, out in the living world, no matter what happens. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, we, we have that book coming out. So that's been really fun to work on together. We just got to look at the first draft of the illustrations for the book. So that that's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so excited for this book. And so much of what you're saying are things that I've learned from you. So I'm so excited that you and Gregory are putting that out in the world. It's going to be a gift on many levels. And if you're going to cheat on me and write a book with someone else, <laughs> the fact that it's great. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, very excited for the book. So see um, looking for that. Well, Emily, you are the first person that I'm asking this question for season seven. Regular listeners know I ask the same question for each season, and here you are, the first. <laughs> and I chose this question because we're at the beginning of 2023, so I just thought with new things starting, this would be a great question and answer to hear from folks. So my question for you is, what advice do you have for people who are just starting out on the herbal path. I think when you're starting out, it can just, it can be so overwhelming. You know, there's so much, so much to learn, you know, so many, so many different herbs out there, you know, hundreds, thousands of different plants and, and, you know, different ways to prepare them and, and things like that. And, you know, I think it's really important to, to spend time getting to know plants themselves. There are wonderful, you know, herbal remedies that, that you can buy and that, you know, other people make, you know, whether it's a small herbalist or a commercial level or, you know, any of those things, but be, to be an herbalist yourself, to, you know, to practice that is also, I think it's so important to really spend time with plants and it can be the plants that you are working with to make the medicine, you know, that's wonderful. And it can be, you know, plants that you know, that you are tending and, and harvesting and making your medicine, but it also doesn't have to be that either. It can be the plant that's, you know, outside your door. It can be, you know, plant you pass on your way to work or, you know, it, it could just, it's just, I think, slowing down to spend the time just being 
you know, with plants. And there's so much that you can learn that can then inform your herbal medicine making and your herbal practice as well as just having, you know, spent that that time. You know, one of the things that we we do in our rooted medicine circle class, really developing that into a practice, because we can say that, but then, you know, life gets busy and we do this and that, and, you know, it's, it's not necessarily a priority to, to spend that time, you know, with plants. We integrate something called a sit spot practice. And that's, you know, having a place that, that you return to, you know, again and again, it, you know, can be once a day, once a week, you know, but something, you know, regular, regularly part of your life and just going there again and again. And so that you, you know, can really like sink deeper into that place. Also, you know, observe over time, you know, so like, you know, what you see one day, it would be very different from, you know, what you notice the next day, really honing in on your, in your senses, you know, in that place. And, and I think that that developing that connection and those relationships, you know, it is such an important part of practicing your herbalism. So that the, the, the experiences you have there will then also enrich, you know, your medicine making and your, you know, making and using of, of the herbal medicine. Mm, that's so true. And such a special gift of herbalism too, because mm-hmm. like in Western medicine, that's like, you don't really like curl up with the bottle mm. of pills or, you know what I mean like there's not like there's a saying that western medicine is bad or that we shouldn't take pharmaceuticals mm-hmm. but it's just very different and that we get to directly interact with these living beings and have right. that relationship with them and mm-hmm. something that I treasure more and more I think with each passing year and mm-hmm. having a relationship with a plant is not the same as having a relationship with a person or the relationship mm-hmm. to your cat <laughs> But it's, but it's similar in that it's actually a true relationship. There's mm-hmm. a reciprocity there. There's a recognition there. Right. And it really does unfold into this really beautiful relationship. And yeah, mm-hmm. there's, it's priceless to walk out your door and say hi to the elder tree that, you know, you rely on for medicine mm-hmm. or to just, you know, take out your botanical loop and spend time with the dandelion and watch the bumblebees. Yeah. Yeah. And then <laughs> Like, you know, we, earlier we were talking about, about that, you know, world around the plants too, and the, you know, the insects and, and where the plants grow and, you know, you become part of that too. So that, that it's not, you know, that, that distance between, you know, you and maybe the, you know, the medicine that was over here, but, but, you know, you're really, you know, all like part of this dance together, you know? And I think that that, like you said, that is what really makes, you know, herbalism so very special. Mm-hmm. And just, yeah, so much fun. And that's you know exactly what we do in Rooted Medicine Circle. It's about mm-hmm. making powerful herbal remedies while also deepening this connection to the living world. And mm-hmm. I know that you can attest to this, Emily. We've just we actually just finished reading all of our mm-hmm. certificate mm-hmm. reviews, and so we've just been immersed in reading about our students' experience. And I cannot count the number of times somebody said, "I'm." You know, I began this course to make powerful herbal remedies. I love making mm-hmm. powerful herbal remedies. It's the connection to the living world that has transformed my life. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. <laughs> like I have been, you know, reading all these student reviews. So yeah, that is really powerful. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited that you are finally here. Mm-hmm. I've had the request to have you on the Herbs with <laughs> yes. many times. And I'm finally, you know, just really glad that you're finally made it here. So thank you. Oh, well, so thank much. you so much for having me. <laughs> For the listeners, don't forget to head over to herbswithrosaliepodcast.com to get free access to Emily's recipe for a citrus honey tea. Also available are the complete show notes, including the transcript. 
You can find Emily on Instagram and through her website, emilyhan.com. And for those of you interested in being an herbalist who makes powerful herbal remedies, check out our Rooted Medicine Circle mini course, which is going on now for the next week only. Visit herbalminicourse.com to get free access. Again, that's herbalminicourse.com to save your seat. I deeply believe that this world needs more herbalists and plant-centered folks. I'm so glad you're here as a part of this herbal community. Have a beautiful day. Hey, thanks again for spending your valuable time with me today. I hope you found today's episode helpful. And if you're a new listener, thanks for checking out the show. And don't forget that you can find all the recipes, links, and show notes over at herbswithrosaliepodcast.com. While you're there, you can subscribe and get updates when new episodes release and even submit your requests for future podcast episodes. The world needs more people who are connected to the earth and the healing gifts of plants. I'm so glad that you're here for this adventure. Thanks for listening. Thank you to Rising Appalachia for the use of their beautiful song, Resilience. Listen to more from Rising Appalachia at risingappalachia.com.